0: Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please, join your host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages
1: what's the sitch on this february week of things and stuff um i am your <laughs> your regular host person lady kp um i love compossible a lot thanks again for coming or if you're new welcome to my podcast uh my is in like not mine but you know what i mean Hi. the royal mine. yeah royal yeah wing. yeah <laughs> i'm very tired it's we we're record- I'm recording this at midnight, in my time. So I'm just like, what is this? I was I was sleeping. as... I like sleep. Anyway, um, it's
2: zombie mode.
1: <laughs> it's always zombie mode, KP. Anyway, so um, Lauren, how are you doing this week?
2: Doing doing all right. Uh, we got a couple headlines to to, to kick us off. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, I'm not gonna try to be too too long on them, but they're good headlines, or at least good as an eventful. <laughs> So um what I could start with is uh oh, I'll get the bad news out of the way first. Uh everybody's been talking about it. Uh unfortunately, uh Blue Sky Studios, uh the same animation company that made uh the Ice Age franchise, the Rio movies, uh Horton Hears a Who, Spies in Disguise. I mean, that's just 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 a small sample of their movies. Uh unfortunately, uh they shut their doors. This week, uh, Disney technically shut them down because they're under the Fox umbrella that was from their, you know, the the merger recently. And um, I guess they're trying to consolidate all of their animation into more in-house stuff in California. Uh, But at the same time, it's just, it's just, it's it's a, it's really heartbreaking because it was a... A studio that had about I want to say 450 people there and it was based in Connecticut and it was one of those few east coast uh animation studios uh that kind of kept uh the balance between the west and east coasts uh for for entertainment and animation opportunities uh so it was just really unfortunate to see that and uh as far as I know uh they're trying to move jobs around trying to get the uh trying to get as many people as they can from Blue Sky over to Disney to work on the stuff there but that also meant because Blue Sky was also working on a film at the same time as this uh Nimona which was uh based on I believe a graphic novel by Noel Stevenson uh and they were working on that at the time and it was supposed to be um I guess you could say uh, another one of those uh, groundbreaking, uh, you know, anime uh, Blue Sky was actually known for a lot of, a lot of animation experimentation. Uh, they were doing a lot of uh, uh, breaking the mold, so to speak, uh, in terms of animation techniques. Uh, it's because of their work on the Peanuts movie, because they did the Peanuts movie back in 2015, that we were able to have also other movies like... Uh, like uh, Spider Verse, where they broke the mold of how to anim- how to do animation and make it look 2D into 3D. Uh, you also had them doing the rubber hose animation in Horton Deers a Who, uh, and later Sony would also adapt that same kind of animation into Hotel Transylvania. So uh, it- there was a lot of stuff that they did early on, um, and we're trying to be the they-, they were a pioneer company. So it's really, really, really frustrating and just really heartbreaking. Uh, especially when the Rio movies were a huge inspiration for me, I, I just I drew nothing but birds after watching the first Rio movie, and I can say that that obsession with the birds and drawing the birds got me my first job out of college. So there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 hard. It's it's just I just really hope all the best for everybody that was affected
1: by by this change yeah really hoping the best for everybody involved yeah i'm not at all particularly subscri- um surprised words um uh, because blue sky was a little bit of a stretch to to fit under the dizzy umbrella as it was anyway like spies Disguise the, Asi- the spies in disguise was pretty good um for, I, I i didn't get around to seeing it but i heard good things um i've never really been a fan of the ice age movies and um I kind of wish they stopped make they what? They made like five, something like that?
2: Yeah, five, uh, yes, five ice ages.
1: Yeah, I never liked the first one, and then I was like, okay, I don't need any more ice. Like, you know, Ray Murano <laughs> Mammoth is only so funny, and Scrat is like, that's just basically Warner Brothers, um, shorts repackages, for the most part.
2: Um, but uh, we stand Scrat in this house.
1: <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Rio was a pretty movie. Um, um, I feel bad that like, what it was about the blue macaws, but the blue macaws still ended up being getting becoming extinct. Or yeah, whatever. the spix
2: uh, <laughs> spix's macaw. That was uh, and yeah, I, well, at least as far as we know, that their that their species is extinct. As far as we know, we've had species come out of extinction before, so it may be possible. But because I mean, there's still a lot of uh, rainforest out there that hasn't been explored, so
1: or burned down. Know. Apparently,
2: yeah. Keep keep saving the rainforest, guys. I I hate to sound like the the old slogans, but now save more save the ever, rainforest, please...
1: save the whales. Um, I mean, literally,
2: I I can't stress it enough that the uh there was a there was a song I remember uh as a kid that had the line the the rainforest is the lungs of the earth and it, not even kidding it produces the most oxygen for our planet so please uh be kind to it <laughs>
1: go plant a tree go plant a tree go plant many Satan trees said so um that's something you can do that's still socially distancing because you can't get covid from trees that that we know it's true yep anyway um the other news is what I was going to say, which is actually good news. Um, yay. Yes. Yay. So Clone High got picked up yeah. for two seasons from HBO Max. Yeah. 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 Like, my, okay. my body has been ready for this since, like, I was a person in high school because, like, the original Clone High came in, like, the early 2000s. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Were you going to say something, Lauren?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say it's another good thing that it's coming to HBO Max, which is an already established Service and a lot of people really love HBO Max, um, so that's a really good thing. I know a lot of people were actually afraid it might go to something like Paramount Plus, which not as many people are looking forward to, as far as
1: I can gauge. So I don't want any more um, iCarly. I'm I'm good, guys.
2: And so it's really good to see it going to um, going to HBO Max, which uh, I'm I'm in I'm in the group that says I I love. I love HBO Max. It's become one of my favorite services to use. Um, And, uh, I mean, literally, I could live off of the Ghibli films alone in there. They pretty much have all of them in there except for Castle of Cagliostro, which wasn't technically Ghibli, but it was the movie that started Ghibli anyway. I'm
1: going to make a note to get your login information. So (laughs) make (laughs) a mental note. Um, Because I just, um, we have disney plus right now and uh netflix and i say that's it but that's still a good chunk and youtube tvs because my parents like to watch the news so and the only reason i have uh the other two is because my brother is in uh, is um, employed right now and um uh, my other brother really really likes star wars and he was just like okay i guess i'll keep it what is it like five bucks and i'm like yay because you know it's the internet. If you want to watch things, you can probably find a way to watch things. It's just the convenience of watching it, like not on your laptop, which is nice. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, they were they announced that Clone High was rebooted like probably like a year ago, something like that, nine months ago. But there was not a lot of understanding where it was going to be, um, if it's mm-hmm. a, if it's a if it's a reboot itself or they you know, are starting where it left off. I think it's probably going to be a mix of the two realistically. Like, I don't think Lord and Miller are just going to drop that storyline. But at the same time, I don't think they mm-hmm. want to isolate people who are just like, I am here for JFK memes and only JFK memes. So, um, which, you know.
2: Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my personal favorite uh, Clone High meme is, um, did you see the pool? They flipped the B, so I won't say the bad word. Uh, age appropriate. Episode. We're keeping
2: we're keeping this age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, but
1: and then they used it for the um, the elections. It's like you see what they did to Georgia. They flipped it. So I was I was very <laughs> excited about that. So Scudworth is my favorite, and um, we will most likely be covering it on the main channel when it co- when it drops. But it will take like five hundred years as animation takes time. So. Uh, yeah those are the headlines right now because we have a long episode but uh, please enjoy the main episode of the show and like and comment subscribe all of the places and we we, we love you um, as long as you're not white supremacists please <laughs> <laughs> and here we go Okay, um, so our guest today is uh, Brian Hall. He has a nice name that I can pronounce easily. So Brian, before we get into the like the regular interview part of the stuff, why don't you just generally tell the people who you are, what you do, you know, the, the, the general gist.
3: Hey y'all, I'm Brian Hall. I am a YouTuber and voice actor so I uh, yeah, I do stuff there. Short and sweet. Did you want no, more description no, okay, than
1: that? <laughs> um, I mean, you know,
2: I'm like, that's a pretty good encapsulation because I'm like, you know, what? everything falls under the YouTuber umbrella. It's funny because I followed your work for, for years now uh, that uh, I know you've done prank videos. You've done uh, impression videos going to the Disney parks and doing impressions for characters and and, and seeing their reactions to it and and then just doing a song covers. I mean, you're you're a jack of all vocal trades
3: <laughs> well i try <laughs> i try <laughs> yeah if you
1: guys want some just general like non-political things that you can just tune out and have fun with and you can you can watch brian's stuff it's fun um okay lauren do you want to lead the interview as you usually do and then i can jump in and say things or give a preference yeah
2: uh, yeah sure uh i mean we're i guess we're gonna i mean it's pretty easy place to start the uh, superhero origins where did you get your start how did you find you had this this did you have did you find it had like an innate ability to do vocal impressions or how did you how did you discover your own personal talent
3: well I'd always played around with voices and stuff like that just because I thought it was fun and honestly I thought it was totally normal and that everyone did this um, quickly found out that was not the case. But I remember when I did my first impression and I was like, I, I did it. I actually got it. I was watching an episode of Full House. Uh, I think I was 13. I was watching Full House. And, of course, there's Joey Gladstone, who does all the voices all the time. And there was one episode, I think it was whenever Comet the dog was having puppies. And uh, he ran in and he was just like, Jesse, Jesse, you won't believe what just happened. And he's like, what, did she have the puppies? No, she piped up and said, where's my water? Like
0: Scooby-Doo.
3: <laughs> and I don't know what possessed me to be like, I bet I could do that. So I tried. <laughs> <laughs> ro- ro- raggy. I'm scared. And yeah, found out then I could do Scooby-Doo. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Not thinking anything of it at the time other than, oh, that was that was fun. And then the next day I went to school and tried it out on my friends. Just like I said, I thought this was normal. I thought everyone did voices and I was like, Hey, this is me. Part of the group. I can do impressions too. Even though I'd never heard any of them do impressions. I still to this day don't know where I got that (laughs) idea. And so I did Scooby Doo and they turned around and stared at me. Like they just saw a ghost. They're like, what just came out of your mouth? And uh, since then the rest was history. I kind of got a, I got a reputation around the school for being that voice guy who does all the cartoon voices. And yeah, it was a party trick that I just did for fun. And now it's my job. So did you yeah. end up getting
2: pulled into like, you know, how like for every group assignment, there's always like there's the art kid where I was the art kid that people were like, hey, can you do this thing Were there ever any projects in school that we need somebody to do voices? Hey, Brian, can you do, <laughs> do the voices?
3: Oh, absolutely. I happen all the time. <laughs> My favorite one was we were in uh, we were in high, high school and we were in I think it was world history. And my teacher didn't know uh, about my voice yet. And he went through and he wanted to cast a play of the French Revolution. So like not a full on play, but just like to do in class to get everyone to understand what happened and everything. So he cast me as some dude named Jacques, like not even like a real figure, in uh, the French Revolution, just like you are a French person named Jacques. So when you call when you call me a French person named Jacques, you're gonna get the full on French voice treatment. So like and I improved and everything and it was supposed to be something like I am so mad that the tyranny going on in our country. It's almost like we are in America, those 50 Americans.
0: <laughs>
3: it was totally stereotypical and totally dumb, but the whole class was laughing, and he freaked out and was just like, what else can you do? Can you do more? And the rest of the class, we didn't even talk about world history anymore. It just turned into, let's do a bunch of impressions, which everyone later was really happy with me because we were supposed to have a pop quiz, and he forgot. <laughs>
2: Brian Hull saves the class Yes. <laughs> saved by the Brian yes <laughs> that's fantastic yeah it, and then I mean at some point you when you started a YouTube channel what what inspired you to start a YouTube channel to do all your to basically uh, share your vocal talents with the world
3: well really the main reason I started it was so that I could actually get some sleep and uh, I know that sounds weird But I would start having my friends call me at all hours of the night because they had a friend spending the night or something like that. And they told them about the dude who does the cartoon voices. So they'd call me at like, what, midnight, one in the morning? Like, will you do Scooby-Doo? And I'm sitting there going, I've been asleep for like eight hours. I'm not a night owl by any means. I'm exhausted. No. So... I just made a channel and did some voices. And I'm like, okay, send your friends there. Quit calling me. When the sun goes down, do not talk to me. So that's so how you it just started. just started
2: stockpiling all of this audio
3: for them just to like, whip out like a B-roll to have ready? <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, that just kind of became a place where I stored videos because I made stuff for friends, family, school projects, my church events, whatever it was. And somebody needed a video. I was usually the dude who did it because I was the only one who knew how to use any editing software at all. That's a mood. So, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, at the time, this is back before flash drives could actually hold gigs and gigs and gigs of information. Back in the day, you're lucky if they held, held like five megabytes, right? Mm-hmm. And so. What year was this in? This was, uh, I think, 2009. Oh, okay. i when I, I going to guesstimate that. <laughs> Yeah, so like 2009, early 2010s. And it just, it was a lot more economic just to upload it to my YouTube channel and share a link than it was to try to put everything on a hard, like a flash drive and give it to somebody. Cause it was nuts. Cause each video was like, what, two or three gigs? And it's just like, it couldn't handle it. So yeah, they, it was just a storage place for letting me sleep and just videos that I needed to do for other stuff. It was. Never really meant to be seen by the world.
2: And then, but then I somehow word got out. What <laughs> about that?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> that happened when uh, I made a video that was one was just meant to be a way to get me a gift card. I just wanted to win a gift card. There was this online contest. It's like sing your own cover of "Let It Go." You win, you can win a hundred dollar gift card to the Dizzy Store. And I was a flat, bro- flat broke college student, so I'm like, that sounds awesome! So I go and make a version of Let It Go, and uh, they say in the description of it, the more creative you make it, the more likely you are to win. So I was like, well, what if Disney characters sing Let It Go? Just seemed like a no-brainer in my head, so I went and recorded it. I bribed my roommate, who was a recording major, with brownies to come and record for free so that he can mix me and do all that and make me sound good and then i submitted it to the contest turns out i missed the deadline but <laughs> oh, the no. video took off and i got a career instead so i ain't mad <laughs> that's like more than
2: that's like at least more than ten gift cards <laughs> <laughs> at least at least <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, that's the power of the internet for you nowadays. It's like, it, especially when it's also kind of a right place, right time, and and uh, even in some instances where you're kind of just like, hey, I just wanted a gift card. I didn't want the fame, but
3: cool. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like, I, I have a career now, so I'm I'm not gonna be upset.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I I was I, I was actually gonna ask, because uh, I, I as far as I know you. You were originally from Texas, correct? Uh, yeah. And and did you and you moved to California? When was that yeah. around the time that you had your YouTube channel, or was that long before?
3: No, that happened uh, after the "Let It Go" video and everything. I had oh, okay. no I had no intention of moving to move into California before that. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded <laughs> it, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh, that'll." that was more like one of those things where it's like, "Oh, that that's for the good voice actors. I'm just a dork who does stuff at home. I'm not good enough to be in movies and TV shows and stuff. So why why would I even go over there?" Until that happened and then agents started calling and they're like, "Why aren't you doing this professionally?" I'm like, "I don't know." So don't
1: you want money? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, they were they were just like, "How how do you think you're not good enough?" I'm like, "I don't know." I just did this for fun. I didn't expect anything to come of it, and lo and behold, like uh, they signed me and got out here, and I've been working towards that ever since.
2: That's fantastic. I, I and I, I've loved watching your videos, and uh, you know, especially when I, I think, yeah, when I first saw your channel, it was actually through the pranks when you would do the drive-through pranks, and and I just it. it and then I think after that came came the the let it go video, at least to my knowledge.
3: Uh, you yeah. saw the other stuff before Let It Go? That's this is like the first podcast I've been on where somebody could say that.
1: <laughs> Lauren like <laughs> yeah, is an of... OG, like she knows all this internet stuff that I just don't remember. So she she comes in handy.
3: <laughs> I, I live here, you know. <laughs> oh so. no, that's awesome. I love it.
2: Yeah, I think it was just because I think other people were talking about, like, hey, have you seen this guy? He does these voices. He does these, like, pranks in the drive thru. I'm like, wait, I love drive thru pranks, but and he's like, okay, but he does it as Winnie the Pooh. I'm like, okay, now I really have to see
1: Like, this.
3: sign me up.
2: And, and oh, sure yes. enough, I'm
3: like, <laughs> it's always fun to do a drive thru <laughs> it's,
2: it's so it's so perfect it's like someone okay for a, for a sp- split 2nd there, kind of just passed. but anyway <laughs> um uh <laughs> uh it yeah that was that was actually how i found your channel and then 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 you know buzzfeed and everything and started posting about the the let it go video i'm like wait a minute is this the same guy that i saw with the drive-thru videos and <laughs> but yeah it was um yeah, I, I, I'm still in awe of your talent and seeing you freaking skyrocket over the years. Uh, and I guess you've landed some, like, yeah, industry jobs. Like, what were some of your first uh, voiceover jobs now that, now that you've reached fame?
3: <laughs> well, um, some of the ones I've done, I was on an episode of Tangled uh, in
1: 2019. Oh, I nice. Were... Oh, yeah. I, I remember, I remember. I remember hearing about that and then I forgot about it. So that's funny. It's also relevant
2: because we had we had Chris Annenberg on and Bergon as one of our oh! early podcast podcast guests. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's awesome.
3: He's
1: he's Yeah, he's sweetest.
2: really cool.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, I got I was in one episode. Um it was No Time Like the Past, I think it was called, in season three. They like Uh, there's some magic thing that Rapunzel messes with and they go back in time, but everyone sees and hears Rapunzel and Pascal as the Stabbington brothers, as teenagers. So apparently Ron Perlman didn't want to try to fake a teenage sounding voice. So (laughs) I just did an impression of him slightly younger. And so then I got to be the Stabbington bros.
0: Nice.
3: So yeah, that was fun, especially because uh, since I was technically being Rapunzel in their body, Mandy Moore did all the dialogue for my parts that she was
1: Oh, in. nice.
3: And so I had to hear her voice and then match her intonations with hi- their voice. So that was a bit of a challenge. So it's like I'm listening to her as I'm talking in this deep gruff voice, but I'm saying stuff that's all cute and adorable, you know? <laughs> It was uh it was a fun experiment to do, and then um I was in a Disney game. There was like an educational game where it's like uh it's like Mickey and Friends teach you how to draw. It's with Osmo, and I was the narrator for that, so I got to put on my great Disney Channel voice. Hi, boys and girls, it's time to draw with Mickey and Friends. You know that kind of thing. Oh, that's
2: so cool. No, you have. I mean, I, it goes without saying that you have a fantastic voice, but you have a really good like a, like announcer like a radio voice so it's that's that's so cool to hear you just like switch into it <laughs>
3: <laughs> well thank you thank you thank you i appreciate that um yeah and then i've done a bunch of work with Airbud. they have a series that they did called pup star and i've been in every pup star film which is always fun nice um i got to be the john ratzenberger for pup star even though he was technically there too
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that that, that that's a badge of honor to wear to be con- to even consider yourself like the, the John Ratzenberger because I mean hey good luck charm and I mean it seems like good luck follows so
1: did they ever did people ever find where he wasn't Soul yet like I haven't I haven't followed that up yet I
2: heard him I heard him I did where'd you hear him? him I couldn't find him okay. either so he's in like uh he's in uh flashback it's in the it's basically when they're looking at his life in the little vignettes and uh I, oh, early on like in the film when he's the- with 22 yeah oh, and oh, yeah, and there's that. a and there's some there's a background voice where you know they're saying you know you know sorry we can't take you sorry we can't take you and he's like another voice that like rejects him or something like that oh. i remember hearing it it's it's almost in you almost miss it but if you're listening for it you can hear it and you're like okay it's john ratzenberger trying not to sound like john ratzenberger but i could tell it's him
3: They've been really trying to hide him lately, like before it was just like, Oh, he had a little line, but you can still obviously tell it's him but like in Finding Dory they pitched him up like eight octaves. So if you didn't read the credits you wouldn't ever tell. <laughs> so it's the hidden John Ratzenberger. <laughs> I know, it's like quit hiding him. I love his voice. <laughs>
1: can we can they make like a Where's Waldo version of all the Disney Pixar stuff and his characters always the Waldo and the pictures? Like I think I would
2: oh. be
3: that would be great. Oh, I would buy that in a heartbeat.
2: <laughs> and Alan Tudyk has become the the, Disney, the Disney-centric version of that. Yeah, because once... Uh, yeah? Yeah, pretty much once Frozen came out, it was like after that he was kind of in everything. <laughs> oh, he was even in... Uh, he was in Wreck-It Ralph before that. that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I stand corrected. Yeah, King Candy was first. And then, it, and then he came as the Duke of Wesselton. And then he was Duke Weaselton. And then. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was uh, Alistair Cray. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Alistair Cray. I can this never is, remember. And his... he was... Go ahead, guys. Oh,
2: that was Big Hero 6. Yeah. And that then was there Hero. was uh, uh, K2 Erso, right?
1: In. Uh, in
3: uh, and Rogue One, K2 Erso? Rogue One, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but uh, Harley Quinn's really good, speaking of of, of him. He plays
2: joker oh, yeah. yeah that's right he, he does a fantastic joker that's right
1: because he's in because
2: he's in yeah because he's in the adult harley quinn series yeah right the that, harley quinn yeah. is
1: great yeah they're making season three now for hbo max and i'm i'm excited
2: i mean of what i've seen of it it looks it, it's been fantastic i've yet to watch like full episodes of it but what i have seen of it it looks so good that i'm and i'm and it's so funny
3: too on top of that Uh just like I have to, I have to check it out.
1: Yeah, best thing I think out of DC since uh, B Taz. So
3: yeah, when you first said that, when you first said that, I forgot there was the TV show, and I thought you meant either Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought that was Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. Did I miss something? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's
2: like, no, it's like, no, they they had Jared Leto's face and then they dubbed him over with Alan Tudyk. They poorly, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, they poorly trapped it, you know.
3: Oh my gosh, did a deep Honestly,
2: deep. I'd like to see that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because Jared Leto is kind of, woohoo, uh, off having a cult on an island somewhere. With uh, hundreds of women, that's a thing. So you know, I believe
3: it.
1: The, the things you learn on are on the podcast, I guess.
2: Did you not? Did you not know about the Jared Leto cult? I
1: don't know all <laughs> the things learned. Is that real?
2: It is real. And he, 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 he. I guess I, I can't remember if it's like he bought an island or something like. But, uh, <laughs> but no, he's like, he's like actually out there, and there's people who I think there's like you have to pay two thousand dollars to be a part of his cult.
3: Nah. Uh, you know, I normal a, stuff. I got a weird <laughs> chill down my spine hearing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and in the, and that's where it's like, in conclusion, Alan Tudyk is the better Joker. Anyway,
3: <laughs> there you go. I haven't even heard his Joker, but he's the better Joker.
2: <laughs> it, it's because he has very he has very much that the Mark Hamill flair to him, but he's still uniquely his own his own Joker. So it's I think it's like it's it's Hamill with more swearing.
1: Yeah, it's oh, if well, you want to book Mark, but if Mark's too um, identifiable, then people book Alan. From what I could tell, for Joker. Oh. And I don't know if if Mark does adult Joker either. So. Eh. I'm
3: sure he wouldn't be opposed to it.
1: Yeah, hypotheticals. Well, I,
3: thought, I thought he did him in the Arkham games. I've never played. Oh the yeah, Arkham yeah, games, you're right. I'm pretty sure. He sure. Yeah, yeah, I was, thought I they were a little sure more. I thought they were more adult than like the '90s cartoon.
2: Yeah, I think it's because maybe the the Joker in Harley Quinn is more crass, but that's that may be it. It's just like,
3: <laughs> but yeah, uh, but anyway, I that was topic, a tangent.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we it's still relevant to voices. I promise. Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: absolutely. Oh yeah, and then going back to what he was in Disney, he was uh, he was Hey Hey in Moana. That is true. Yeah,
2: I just remember the role of him clucking into a microphone and then turning and going. I went to Juilliard. <laughs>
3: Well, he did, he also got a speaking role in that movie. He was the old dude cooking up the stuff at wanting to cook Hey Hey. So he was talking about yeah, cooking so... himself, too.
1: <laughs> I feel like he had the pun for something, you know. <laughs> don't think about it too much, I guess.
3: Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that.
2: <laughs> Look at that chicken. It's so dumb talking about himself.
3: <laughs> I'm curious about that chicken eating the rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, good for it. digestion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go.
2: Dinosaur, there are some, like, apatosaurs and stuff. They ate rocks to help with digestion. So, I mean, just hey hey, just following his ancestors' footsteps. <laughs>
3: but, hey, ostriches do it today. So it's still a thing.
2: That's true. The modern-day dinosaurs. Yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's he's uh, getting in touch with his roots, you know? Exactly.
2: <laughs> That's why I was going to say dinosaurs don't exist. Uh, yeah, they do. They're just, you know, they're just a lot more... They're either flying or they're uh, eating bugs on the ground right now. So
3: (laughs) yeah, pretty much. But
2: yeah, uh, I was going to say back to uh, kind of back on to the more uh, vocal training kind of stuff. Did you do do usually like vocal warm ups? How do you get into the zone when you when you try to get into maybe certain characters that you have to do?
3: Well, it really depends on what character that I'm going to do. I do general warm ups basically every day just to kind of get my voice warmed up and everything. But depending on, you know, how high the character needs to go, I might really practice some of the higher vocals. Or like with Donald, I have to really massage my cheeks a lot because Donald's got so much stuff going on with the cheeks and like air pockets and I really need them rubbery. And same thing with like uh, Mr. Smee or like the White Rabbit, any of that kind of voice because I literally have to pull my cheek. To get the right space in there. To get that, uh, that special sound. You know, for that. So that's one of the reasons I'm glad I have a beard. I have a little handle. To <laughs> grab and do that. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of that. And uh, there's lots that I have to do to keep my voice healthy. Because there's a lot of voice actors out there who don't know about good vocal health. And they get vocal nodules. And they can really mess it up. Because your vocal folds are really small. And it doesn't take much to, like, damage them forever. So you got to do a lot of self-care on the vocal, col- vocal cords and everything. What yeah. are what
1: are some of the self-care things that you do?
3: Uh, Well, first of all, if there's any future voice actors listening, if you're doing a voice and it hurts your throat, you're doing it wrong. I don't care how good it sounds. You're doing it wrong. Um, there's lots of support from the diaphragm that takes – a lot of the stress off of the actual focal folds so that it doesn't hurt nearly as much or at all. Um I always have cough drops on hand to like help soothe and relieve and all that jazz. I have to do allergy medications almost daily just to make sure one bad night of post nasal drip and I'm out of work for two weeks. So so I'm like I don't mess around with allergies. I, I, then, I feel
2: uh, you on the post nasal drip.
3: It's uh yeah. it's it's awful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and at least once a year I get like a really bad sinus infection and that just – that devastates work for a while. And I'm like, no, don't do this to me. Um, Yeah, and then there's uh, throat coat tea. That's been a savior many, many times. Uh, It's disgusting and it tastes like dirt, but it works. (laughs) Helps tremendously. And then on top of that, just, you know, guzzling water – like, like, there's no tomorrow, basically.
1: I did not stay hydrated recently, and it wasn't a fun time, so don't, also don't drink too much soda. It's it's bad.
3: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Two truths. Drink more water
2: and don't drink too much soda.
3: Amen. <laughs>
2: don't be KP. Amen. I'm a bad dude. <laughs> <once. laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was... Uh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, a lot of my o- other personal remedies are like... Um, uh, like honey and tea and stuff like that. Like raw honey. Yeah, not not processed. No I not poo bear honey. Sorry people. That that's processed honey. We're talking raw honey. In the, oh, that brother. you can get yeah. <laughs> sorry poo. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's uh yeah it I was gonna say uh you know I know kind of like what we did talked about before with your content creation you had gone out and done you know different uh, impression videos, or you've worked with other YouTubers and collaborated. Uh, how has COVID affected your content creation in any way? Like maybe what changes have occurred within the
3: past year? Oh, good golly, Molly! Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 2020 was actually a really uh, it was it was a rough year, but also one where I really kind of got to you know, sit down and really take stock into what I'm doing. What's most important? How do I want to move forward and all that jazz? Because for so long, like I came up with a strategy when I first moved out to California and I've been executing that strategy the whole time for about four to five years. And it worked and it worked really well and it kept working really well until right about COVID, it wasn't working so well anymore. And I realized, oh, I'm working off a model that's like, Four or five years old. That's probably not smart in an industry like the internet. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, then COVID hit, and uh, at least for me, and I'm I know it did to a lot of other YouTubers too. All of us got hit really hard, mm-hmm. just because like you know advertisers were dropping out left and right because you know they they don't have the money to keep advertisements going. If they a lot of them could barely keep their doors open and all that and there was all this other stuff and I had just released the biggest video I'd ever made thinking that that was going to bring everyone back, that that was really going to make things better. And it was going to be the new direction for the channel. And it flopped. It did not perform well. I'd spent more money on this than any other video. I spent more time on it. It, I was, um, I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever been on my channel ever. And I can't wait for the world to see it. And no one really cared. Um, Eventually, it got up there and got good views, but right off the bat, it severely underperformed what I wanted it to, and that kind of left me in like a, that was my best work I've ever done, and apparently no one cares anymore, so I kind of went through a whole, is this really what I need to be doing anymore? Should I be trying other things? Should I be doing all that? And I did. I went through, and I tried other things. Like I'd always wanted to be an animator long before all this. I was drawing long before I was doing impressions. So I found some online schools and I took some classes and I was planning on going into that. Come to find out if it's not drawing and it's CG, I have, I want nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to CG animators out there. I love and respect your work. I just don't want to do it.
1: That's, that's fair. Yeah. Lauren and I are both animators. If you need any tips.
3: She's much oh, better well, than I am, by go. the
2: way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I have a degree in animation. So, I mean, <laughs> so there's that. And I, it, at least nowadays, I'll, I'll let my freelance talents uh, of animation. Otherwise, I usually just do character design and concept art and that kind of stuff. And, oh, good. Uh, and children's book illustration. Uh, but uh, but every now and then, if I ever have any free time, I like I'll make my own little gif of sorts and just be like, ah, I get to stretch my animation muscles muscles again.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, I just got really frustrated by it because, Like, you know, we were doing normal poses and stuff, and like, okay, draw these poses, find the ones you like, and then craft one into the computer using this model and all that stuff. And I would get so frustrated because i draw it exactly the way I wanted it, and I loved it, but I could never get the computer to match my brain.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel you.
3: And maybe over time that would have gotten better, but I just... Wasn't feeling it, and there was really no assignment where I'm like, oh, this is great. It makes me really want to do this. I'm like, I dread every assignment. I don't think I'm built for this. So uh, I abandoned that. I was looking for other jobs that would take me and all that jazz, and nobody would hire me for anything like that. And right around the time, I was thinking like, well, I've been out here for six years and trying to become a voice actor. And I've gotten a few things, but nothing that can really be truly sustainable and you know with youtube being what it is what is my future i just don't know and then out of nowhere i got a lot of voice work um nothing i can really talk about at this moment but all right yeah ndas
1: NDAs are
3: a thing yep oh yeah ndas are definitely a thing and i'm not going to be in violation of that (laughs) (laughs) so i got all this voice work that i'm like oh oh no 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 this is what i'm supposed to be doing all right i just had to wait a little while longer and Then right around that time, I was, uh, you know, numbers were getting better on YouTube, and I was getting back into it. And now, like, okay, like, I have a new vision. I have a new direction. Things are getting better. Things are looking up. So, yeah, 2020 was an adventure. Oh, yeah. It was an adventure.
1: I feel you. I feel you. Um, Yeah, YouTube's kind of been hit or miss because, like, you would think with COVID that um, it would just be the go-to for people. But I think, you know, it's people are just generally so depressed these days and there's a lot of like outstanding factors with like work and if they can afford internet that it's kind of hard to get a feel on right now. So I'm hoping it's, it's over soon. So like our big thing was going to convention. So like that obviously has stopped. Yeah, so I definitely I miss, miss that life.
3: Yeah. Those were great. Uh, And then, yeah, like I always go around and do shows during the year. And obviously that didn't happen. Like One of my favorite ones is uh, I go to Columbus Zoo every year and do a big show Mm. over there. Oh, nice. Which is weird because I've gone to cons where you expect to get the most amount of, you know, people in nerddoms and fandoms to come and watch something like, you know, a guy singing like a bunch of cartoon characters, right? But no, it's the zoo in Ohio, the Columbus (laughs) Zoo. I have gotten. Have you met Jack res- Hanna? Because I think that's his zoo. <laughs> that is his zoo. That yeah. is his zoo. I have not met him, but I was a massive fan growing up. So every time I go, I'm like, "Is he here? Is he here? Is he here?" <laughs> you find him? And they're like, "No, no, he's in Africa this week." I'm like, "Of course he is," but he has signed <laughs> some books for me.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, so I have that. Um, but yeah, no, I was always shocked by this. Like, uh, I last not last year, but the year before when we could actually do the show. Uh, They were like, hey, we want to expand the show at the zoo and make it bigger. So I brought my friend Tony Bancroft, who was the director of like Mulan and Mm -hmm. uh, was a supervising animator for Pumbaa and The Lion King and everything. So they're like, oh, yeah, bring him. So he was doing live drawing demonstrations as I was doing impressions and all that. And I was talking to him about the show beforehand. And he's like, oh, I'm not expecting a huge turnout with this one, Brian. It's just a zoo. It's not like a (laughs) con or something. And I'm like, you'd be surprised. And lo and behold. We're sitting there at the tables doing all of our stuff. He sells out of everything he brings and he's like, "I should have oh brought god. so much more."
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Uh yeah, Tony's a good bean. We've had him on the show before. He's like the most Oh, you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh we had oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah.
2: funny story. It's like uh I met him back in in my college days and uh I want to say our friendship started when he drew a cronk, and he's like, can you draw a Cusco to go with the cronk? And that pretty <laughs> much She's and that like, pretty I was Because I'm like, I can draw, I teased him, I can draw a mean Cusco llama. And he's like, okay, then here's the deal. I'm going to draw this cronk for you. If you draw the, the Cusco, can you like, uh, can you drop it in like on Photoshop and you know, splice the images together uh, and, and send it to me? I'm like, yeah, sure. And sure enough, I did it, and <laughs> it's kind of been that way ever since. Um, yeah, and uh, and so yeah, we were able to um, we were able to have him on last year uh, with Scott Sava to talk about Animal yeah. Crackers and stuff, and and oh, I was yeah. I was just over the moon uh, because I I, I absolutely love the movie, but I was just like I remember. Uh, for years seeing that movie develop and just thinking, Tony's
1: working on that. Look at him. He's working on that. And I know him. <laughs> finally <that> <laughs> the thing that happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Oh
3: my gosh. It was like, like, yeah. That was, the one go... pa-
2: that was the one panel I wanted to get into one year. the Like, I think it was the first year I ever went to CTN Expo and I couldn't get into it because it, it was like, a, I don't know if it was like one of those like premier tier panels which they shouldn't have had that at that point yeah but, ctn um, is a
1: whole different podcast <laughs>
2: yeah but uh but i just remember it was the only panel i wanted to see that day and i couldn't get in and so i'm standing sitting out of outside the the conference room where they had it the, the convention hall or whatever and i remember i'm sitting there with tears in my eyes as i'm watching the tv screen feed of it <laughs> like, this was
1: this the, the milan I premiere to thing or the 20th anniversary or whatever
2: no, this was for the panel for Animal Crackers oh, when they were okay, developing right, it right, back in okay. 2015. That was the only panel I wanted to see. <laughs> so it was. It was uh, so I was really happy to see the movie last year. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to you, uh, Brian. You were you were saying?
3: <laughs> oh, I was. I was going to chime in and go. Like, I know what you mean about waiting for Animal Crackers because uh, he was actually Tony was one of the first people I met out here, and we actually go to church together. And mm, I'd was... go over to his. Yeah, I'd go over to his studio quite a bit, and we'd talk and hang out and stuff, and he would keep telling me about Animal Crackers and everything, and I'm like, dude, you're the director. You have to have a copy of it. Can I just watch it? I'll sign an NDA. I'll do whatever you want. We'll watch it here in the house so you know I'm not taking anything. I just (laughs) want to see it. And he's like, no. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) All that to say, Tony's an awesome guy, and y'all should uh, should go check out his podcast, too. I don't want to Mm -hmm. take away from this podcast, but his is awesome, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's a good he's a good uh, guy, Um he's super friendly for someone who's so accomplished. To be fair.
3: Oh yeah, you'd never know talking to him. Like I remember I first met him, and I'm just like, oh yeah, what'd you do? He's like, oh, I just directed Mulan, created <laughs> uh, created Kronk, and I'm like, <laughs> I almost spit up my food. I'm like, what? It's funny. <laughs> I
2: have I have because uh, KP mentioned it a, a minute ago. Was uh, the 20th anniversary. Uh, it was the the art show that at Gallery Nucleus in Alhambra, uh, where uh, they did a Mulan art show, and I think both Tom and Tony both put pieces in. I do have uh, Tony's print, and it's signed and it's framed right above my desk, and I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, no, it's a gorgeous print, uh, and I, I remember I, I met Mingna Wen at that at that. Yeah, too. Was not expecting to meet her there. I just I kinda knew that she would probably be present for press stuff and then she would kinda like leave, you know. But she was yeah. actually mingling with people and so I met her and I couldn't even believe it. But she's really nice too. Oh um, she is,
3: yeah, she definitely is. Yeah,
2: and but then I'm like and then I see Tony across the room, like I c- you can't miss him. He's so he's the tallest person in the room. I'm just like there's Tony, I gotta go say hi. <laughs> it's Tony. Oh
3: yeah. Yeah, no. I met Ming Na Wind, uh, I think it was a it was a convention in Dallas. I was working with this group that. Like, every single person they invited to be, like, one of the guests that you'd come and meet, like, all of them are in film, TV, all this stuff. And they brought one YouTuber, which was me. So I'm sitting there, like, <laughs> so intimidated. I'm, like, looking over to my right, and then there's, like, Ming-Na Win, and then I look over here, and there's, like, um, I can't remember the name of this actor for the life of me, but he did uh, Radagast in The Hobbit, and he was one oh. of the doctors. And then, yeah, we had, like, people from Star Wars. Stan Lee was actually there before he passed, and, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and then, I can't think of his name right now either. Good night. I'm blanking on everyone's names, but uh, Yondu from uh, Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I
2: can't remember. He's Mary Poppins, <laughs> oh, Mary Poppins, y'all.
3: I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, that guy. Ah, uh, awesome. That was interesting, sitting next to him. <laughs> But uh, Ming Na Win was not far from me, so like there was one time I had a break and I went over to her. Cause she didn't have anyone. I'm just like, hey, so I'm actually friends with Tony. Can we totally like mess with him? So we sent him a video, and I didn't tell her I was gonna do a Mushu impression. So <laughs> we going, hey, Tony, look who out there! I found Milan. You just got to save China, and she gave me this look like I wasn't expecting that. Did you do him <laughs> in the sequel? And I was like, no, but that's a pretty high compliment. Thank you.
1: <laughs> were you the white guy who was Mushu in the sequel?
3: <laughs> yeah, I was I was the white guy, you know, who t- pretended to be t- pretended to be Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Lord, but yeah, like speaking of back back to the zoo, and yeah, um, I f- I find that like the conventions that are kind of not in the middle of nowhere, but they don't like they're in a metro area, but there's not a lot of things to do in the metro area. Um, people just kind of want to do something, and like comparatively yeah. to when there's there's tons of L.A. conventions, but they're they're kind of hit or miss because there's just so much stuff to do in LA versus like yeah if you're in Ohio or I did um I think last year like a year like before like uh, 6 months before covid or something like that I did one in New Mexico and um like I asked the Uber driver like on my way to the convention I was like so what is there to do in New Mexico and he's like well we have beans and like you can <laughs> you know and and the Breaking Bad museum and I'm like I don't like, you know, apparently you can get red beans and green beans and you call it Christmas beans. And he was telling me about the beans or whatever, the chili. <laughs> I'm just like, OK, well, this seems sad. So um it
3: really the does. Sh-
1: the show was was pretty well attended and I always kind of don't know uh, what I'm going into. So I, I vend my art during the shows, So, you know, it's again, hit or miss. And a lot of times people don't even like realize i'm a youtuber or whatever they remember and they're just like oh i used to watch your videos like 500 years ago and i'm like thanks um i used to i did them i've been doing them since college but anyway um so yeah it's like basically it's surprising um depending on the conventions and like a lot of times the 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 ones with just kind of chill vibes will let you get away with the most um like yeah um I think I said I think I said this at another podcast, but uh, for Phoenix before Phoenix, uh, Fan Fusion or whatever, because Comic Con is trademarked now or something. Anyway, um, I was gonna host the uh, Little Mermaid panel with um, I think they had Jodie Venson and like original guy who played Eric, and I was like over the moon, and and I just asked, I was like, hey, I saw that you just Do- Jodie, can I can I host the panel? And they're just like, sure, and I'm like. <gasps> But then the con got canceled, and then I got really sad. So, um, you know.
3: (laughs) Yeah, see, that's she's one of my favorite voice actresses. So I would have been freaking out right there with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jodie Benson.
1: Yeah, Ariel's my favorite princess, and she. Mine too. Oh, nice, nice, ma'am. Um, but yeah, I was a big Ariel child when I was little. Um, one time when I was like, I think three or four, I. Jump the fence in my Little Mermaid costume in my in in the backyard pool and I was just swimming around for like an hour and then my mom was like how'd you get in the pool and I got a chair <laughs> anyway so I had Ariel <laughs> parties and Ariel rooms and like even now I have an Ariel pillowcase and um I don't know if you see it like when whenever you see it Brian for the um the YouTube version of the podcast we have like little like trinkets and in the back there's an Ariel poster anyway we're off topic uh <laughs> Lauren what's what's the next question. <laughs>
2: Uh, Well, I was going to say, you kind of touched base on it a little bit uh, before the call, but uh, what are some of the necessary slash recommended tools or devices that you use and maybe recommend to people, uh, I guess maybe even to people who are starting out, what would you recommend as well?
3: Um, For YouTube or voice acting or both?
2: Uh, Both if you want to go into it. All
3: of the above. All right. That works. Yeah, um, so to start with on YouTube, you don't need as much as you think. I'd always tell my friends this, we're always like, well, I want to get started, but I don't want to buy like a three-piece lighting set and a $900 camera and all this other stuff. And I'm like, don't do that. You got a phone, right? Yeah. Is it a decent camera quality? Yeah. Get a tripod for that. Make sure you are in front of a well-lit window. Boom. You got a decent setup. It's not perfect, and eventually you'll need to upgrade, but for just starting, so you don't have to spend money, that's a great way to get started. But eventually, yeah, you do want to upgrade to like a DSLR camera. You don't have to go for the crazy stuff, but that's really helpful uh, to get a decent sound. Get yourself an um, external microphone for your camera. Uh, Rode mics are usually the best, and they're not too bad on cost either, and you can just pop them right into your uh, camera. Super, super good. I feel like I'm doing promotions for all this stuff now. <laughs> Come on, Road. Let's talk. <laughs> all that jazz. Um, but yeah, and then uh, editing software. Um, when you're just getting started, you know, if you got a Mac, use iMovie. If you got a PC, use Windows Movie Maker. It's not great and it's really limited, but it's it's good to get you started. Um, a lot of people go Premiere Pro. And it does release a really great product, but I am still a Final Cut man myself. I've tried Premiere, but I I can't I can't leave Final Cut. It just it works so well for me. I will I will dabble in Premiere Pro every so often because they have effects that I can't get in Final Cut. But a normal video, yeah, no, I'm in Final Cut still. And then uh, for the voice acting world to get started, you don't need the crazy Neumann TLM 103 or whatever other huge. Crazy mics are industry standard now. Um, you can always start with a Blue Yeti. I don't recommend them for long term, but if you can't get anything else, then yeah, you can get started with that. Uh, just a USB. You don't have to have an interface. You just plug it right in your computer. It's not great sound, but it's decent enough. I've booked jobs with it, so you can you can book with a Yeti. You just got to make sure your space is, you know, decent enough sound-wise. So uh It's always good to turn your recording space into like a a closet or something like that. You don't want to be doing it in a giant open room with no foam or no cloth to help you out. Um, Yeah. Um, But yeah, eventually you can upgrade to some of the better mics. Or if anything, if you can just get uh, one of the cheaper mics that can plug into a cheaper interface and do that, it's not going to be perfect sound, but it'll be better than a USB mic. So you can do that. And then eventually you can work yourself up to the right now the Neumann mics are the standard. Um, I have a Neumann right now and let me tell y'all something. There's a reason it's industry standard, it's awesome. That's not what I'm recording on, so don't let that don't let that be a factor. This is a SMB seven twenty. It's uh good for podcasts, just more like what I call desk work where I'm just sitting down and I'm not recording for a audition or something. It's great for YouTube and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And how much wow, do they, I, the, the expensive ones usually go for, or the fancy ones?
3: Um, the Neumanns, depending on what model you get, I think the cheapest is like 1000
1: uh, Okay.
3: Yeah, I know. The, the, like I said, they're industry standard for a reason. <laughs> like, I'm working right now on a big film project. I can't say which one, but yeah, every time we go in there, it's a nice Neumann microphone, and I'm like, "Hey, I've got the smaller version of that, so we're basically on the same page." Woo-hoo! Made me feel good to see that. Um, but yeah, and then but you can do like a the SMB 720 that I mentioned. That one's about I want to say it was like four hundred dollars, so much much more cost affordable. And that's the sound you're hearing me on. So if you like the way this sounds, you might want to consider an SMB 720.
2: That's good. And then, uh, how do you usually like for like you said to prep a space? How do you usually work in your space? Like, uh, what is uh, how do you soundproof and or what space do you use?
3: Um, at my last studio space that I worked in, there was this really weird long closet which. I swear it was made for voice acting. Like it had a little door I could close it off, and I put foam on every inch of that wall, from the ceiling to the sides to even foam like behind the computer and stuff. I soundproofed the dog out of that room, and it was awesome. Right now in my new space, I'm a little more limited. Um, I'm I'm in a more open room than I would like, but also the place i'm working on is still technically under construction and they're supposed to be putting a door on here soon we'll see if that happens (laughs) so right now i have foam all up over two of the walls and the other two don't really have anything on it and i have like a little i have a foam shield around my microphone to help and basically i just try not to get too loud
2: oh well i I was gonna say you sound really good so i mean well thank you it's working
3: (laughs) Yeah, also set uh, SM720, I'm going to get so tired of saying that number.
2: <laughs> they, <laughs> Say it five times fast.
3: Yeah, they're really good at just taking sound that's right here around you. So if you're in an echoey room, it cuts that down a lot. It won't get rid of everything, but it can get rid of a lot for you. Mm-hmm. So that's always helpful.
2: Yeah, it's like, a, a le- I, I think, KP, you kind of record in the same way, but I know it's because of your recommendation that I I started doing it for myself. Uh, is yeah, I work off of a snowball and then I put my snowball into a soundproof box. And so I like I literally just record into like a little foam a foam lined uh box that keeps the space tight so it, it 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 soundproofs it a little bit more. It's uh not per one hundred percent perfect but uh we've had other guests say, Hey but you sound really good and I'm like, Okay, that's good. Then that's encouraging
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean it's not a bad sound. I mean it's not crystal clear like performance ready to go out on a film or anything but Mm -hmm. for a podcast it's great for an audition it would be great that's you know that's really using what you got to your advantage that's great that's a good decent sound right there (laughs) yeah so yeah if all y'all are on a budget and really need something listen to that snowballs are really cheap and do that you should like make a diy video on that
2: yeah, it's like, it's really easy. I think it's like, almost like a, it, it's funny when I got the box, I'm like, this is basically almost like a storage box that, you know, like those fold up, those fold out bins that you get that, that are like the, they're kind of like fabric bins. And then you just line it with a little pieces of, of foam and uh, that's it pretty much. And then you can stick the microphone in and there's a slit in the back so you can stick uh, any cables through it. So then you can plug those in and, uh, yeah, it's other voice. I mean, that, that's literally it. That's my setup. So.
3: <laughs> there you go. Hey, as long as it works, that's what matters, right?
2: Yeah. KP had, uh, that's usually how you record as well. Right. I know again, like, a,
3: yeah, I've had,
1: uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a voice actor, voice actor, but I, I do do YouTube videos where we care a lot about the quality. So I just have a Yeti and a, and a, in a sound box and, a little sound box and a pop filter and that's that's my setup so it's not the best setup but um, it, it, it works I guess I don't want to spend a thousand dollars I don't have that money
3: <laughs> yeah and you you definitely don't need to do it right now either Def, don't don't do it unless you don't have any other option right or voice acting is your life and you can actually afford it Then in that <laughs> case yeah definitely do it then but if you can't don't kill yourself trying to get that like it's not going to be like you hear from the Recording directors. Oh, this was not recorded on a nyman. Oh, I won't <laughs> even look at this.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that as long as as long as it works and the sound quality is up to par, then you know, basically have at it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Blue Yeti has now kind of become my travel mic. So if I have to do an audition when I'm on the road, I'll pull that out. Or mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. even found. There's like a really cheap, I want to say like $70 mic that you can plug into your phone from Rode. It's just a little, a itty bitty little condenser mic. And I swear that sound quality is phenomenal, especially for a $70 little phone mic. So i kind of quit even taking the Blue Yeti and just plug that up in my phone and just record from there. And yeah. Wow. That's really I- nice.
2: I almost never, I almost didn't consider that. The, yeah, using a phone, hello, we could do everything with our phones now. Why not? <laughs>
3: yeah, like, it's a little hard for me to edit up my uh, my audio to send off in an audition. So, I'll a lot of times record it on my phone, send it to my laptop, which is always with me when I travel. Just do some light editing, send it off, and I can record an audition in like 5-10 minutes.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. And how do and are is there any program you recorded into on your phone or it, how do you usually do it if if you were to have to do it?
3: When you buy a microphone from Rode, like one of those, they uh, there's actually a Rode app you can download, and it's no additional cost, I don't think. Oh, cool. I don't think it is. Maybe it is, but yeah, I think and they then it just don't come with that. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just hooks up directly to your Road. Since it's a Road mic, it hooks up really easy. You just record on there, and then it's like share that audio via email, and boom, you're good. That's awesome. Then, yeah, everything else is just normal editing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there maybe there's
2: like a, I, I know it's kind of a tangent question to go back to a little bit, but since we were talking about, uh, especially when, when you're so good at, at different characters, uh, especially, you know, when you do different impressions and stuff, are there any roles that you... any dream roles that you would have... the future or would like to have or could see yourself in
3: i'm not really sure i i guess just off top of my head at least from like kind of a broadway point of view i was actually trained in opera and musical theater and i have a degree in that i've always wanted to do the genie or like pumbaa for the the stage show of lion king or aladdin
2: oh nice yeah to the, especially when i think about hyperion genie in particular that's what i think. Yes. <laughs> like that that was my favorite my favorite genie of the, like the live performances
3: um, yes yeah i think i'd want to be him more than the one on broadway no offense to no offense to the broadway aladdin no, it's a great I, show yeah. just there the idea that i can just come up every performance and change the jokes exactly like, and Ah, quick little tangent. That's that's why I'm still so sad that that show is gone at Disney Yeah. And it's not to say the Frozen show is bad. The Frozen show is very good. But once you've seen it once, you've seen it. You don't have to go back and watch it again unless you just really loved it. Yeah. And I've seen it like two or three times now and it's the same every time. And I'm like, all right, I've seen it enough. I don't want to see it again. But that Aladdin show, every time I came, it was different. It was new. I never knew what I was going to get. I was like, Oh, I wish we still had that, that rewatchability factor.
2: Yeah, it was, it's like, honestly, we were spoiled with, with the Hyperion Aladdin, especially when there are actually a lot of aspects that I thought were fantastic that they, that they managed to cram into like a 45, 50 minute version of the show uh, that I was kind of surprised didn't make it into the Broadway version. I'm like, Oh, I thought they would do like something bigger and bombastic you know, for like Prince Ali. They're, you know, you think of Hyperion, they're like, oh, they have, you know, they had elephant running down the aisles. They had horses prancing. They had, you know, yeah. b- t- baton twirlers and all that stuff. I'm like, And they didn't have all of that in the Broadway version. Not to say it's not a still a fantastic musical number, but it's just yeah. when you're used to that from the Hyperion show, you kind of go, were we spoiled?
3: <laughs> yes, we were. We were absolutely spoiled.
0: Not on top of that, Disney.
3: Well, Disney spoiled us too. Whenever you have like, now I feel like every Disney Broadway musical is held up to the level of the Lion King Broadway musical, mm-hmm. and because that one, that one is just stellar. Because you think, how are you gonna bring a wildebeest stampede onto the stage, and they do it beautifully, and then you see what they do at the Disney parks, and you're like, oh, this is so cool. But then you see a lot of the other Disney shows, and you're like, wait, why can't you live up? Why can't you do that exactly. too? <laughs> Not once again, not to say that any of these shows are bad. I've loved every Disney musical I've seen, but it's also just kind of like, but you could have done more.
2: <laughs> exactly. Especially when you had something like an actual flying carpet in the Hyperion yes. show. I'm like, okay. I mean, that, we... That's
3: even in Fantasmic too.
2: Exactly. So it's, and they, that was even a later edition. I'm surprised that it yeah. took them that long to do it, but they, I'm glad they did.
3: Yeah oh my goodness it's just it's a whole thing
2: but yeah the genie in the show was I mean that was the biggest reason that everybody came back over and over and over to watch because he was the one thing that changed uh, because of the jokes and it was always because of like that's the benefit of having a fourth wall breaking you know contemporary modern joke making character that was aware of, of pop culture and stuff that you could
3: constantly change up the jokes and it would work
2: yeah that's because, the character
3: yeah because he said he's traveled all over time this isn't breaking character it's not breaking the illusion of the world but if mm-hmm. olaf came out and did that every show yeah it would make no sense exactly to see him coming out i love snow and i love winter and talk about that winter snowstorm up in the other half of the country am i right
2: <laughs> that just feel weird yeah it's almost like everyone just stops and goes olaf this wasn't your place. <laughs> this was
1: your place to <laughs> sit down. Sit down, Olaf. That's sit it. down.
2: Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's what people were anticipating was that Olaf was supposed to be the new genie well, at least in terms of speaking of the show at Hyperion. And but he didn't yeah. end up being that. He just it was kind of no. just the, the show was meant to be that the show. What I did like yeah. was when they um, is how they wove in the the parents. That's how I when mm-hmm. they wove in especially at the end that's what i've seen is the uh i think it was yeah when they were singing love is an open door which again kind of ironic you're closing on
0: (laughs) basically a villain song but okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think the one redeeming part of that was again it was the it was the parents being there to help sing in it and i'm just like dude you don't have to make me cry right now (laughs)
3: Yeah, there was there's definitely a lot of great stuff about that show and like I love what they did with like the background screens and how it incorporates into the show and a lot of the prop works and the choreography and have you have you guys watched the bloopers of that show on YouTube? That's a lot of fun too.
2: I think I've seen like a couple like maybe wardrobe malfunctions but uh, I don't think I've seen them all.
3: <laughs> My favorite one is there's one uh, Olaf is about to sing in summer, but the music never cues. So, oh, you know, it's no. supposed to go like, really? I guess you don't have much experience with heat. Nope. And then the music comes in. So he says a note, but there's no music. He just kind of sits there. Nope. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> What's a palm tree? <laughs> and he just kind of keeps riffing. And then, like, Sven tries to eat his nose. And they're just kind of, like, <laughs> biting time right now. I'm like, this is. I, w- I wish I was in the theater for this one. I. I would have. I would have forgiven that's, a lot of things for that. <laughs> that's magical. I think that's again the, the
2: the magic of a live show is that anything can happen and yeah. it's somehow it makes it even more special when something like that happens and you're there to see it because you know no two shows are going to be exactly the same because if there's a if there's a mishap like that I mean it's not not guaranteed to happen again especially in the way that that happened. <laughs> Just, <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I love that. Yeah, I miss. Oh, dad gum. This is making me so nostalgic for all these uh, live shows that we haven't had in so long now.
2: I know, I, I, I remember I was in New York and I did see uh, Beetlejuice, and it was only a few months before COVID hit. So. Uh, every day after covid hit and and in the middle of shutdown i kept i kept thinking to myself just like god my timing couldn't have been more perfect to have just caught that show especially when they were supposed to close in june of 2020 oh uh, man and they had to close in early march
3: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and i had tickets for hamilton Oh. all this because it was I, coming to the pantages and i was like yeah i'm finally gonna get to see it this was before it was on disney plus and then just nope so did
2: and i then... i i and we, and we had to really, like reschedule the tickets like three or four times because
1: yes because <laughs> they're
2: like they oh we, can't do, all... we like, can't do that we do can't do that we're gonna do it in the fall
3: wait no we're not <laughs> So eventually, I just had to like say, okay, forget it. I'm not rescheduling anymore. Just give me my money back. I'm <laughs> Aww. Especially now that it's on Disney Plus. I'm like, I just wanted to see the show at least once. I didn't care if it was on video or in person. But now that I've fallen in love with it, I'm like, okay, I will go watch it in person now. Because until Disney Plus, I'd never heard the soundtrack all the way through or uh, really understood the show. Because I have this thing with musicals. I can't. Listen to a musical soundtrack that I haven't seen because mm. I just I don't understand what's going on in the story otherwise. And that's my favorite part. So I'm like, I and heard meanwhile, Hamilton is
2: nothing but that. <laughs> this is the, right. You listen to the whole soundtrack. That's the show.
3: <laughs> right. And that's what everyone was telling me. And I heard the the opening song, obviously, because that, that's a crazy, crazy, awesome song. And But the fact was, because I couldn't see any faces, I couldn't match a voice to the face. So I'm sitting here going, so this person singing. Is that this character? I don't know. Is that that character? I don't know. I need a face. <laughs> I need a
1: name with a face.
3: Yeah. And it wasn't just Hamilton. That's every musical, no matter how unique their voice is. I'm always like, wait, who's who's that voice belong to again? <laughs> yeah. I'm Especially- a visual guy. I need to see. I need to see the voice that's come. I need to see the face that's coming out with this voice.
2: Yeah, it's especially like um, if you listen to the Beetlejuice musical soundtrack and then you realize there's a jump between a song called Creepy Old Guy and then to the ending song is jump in the line and <laughs> and the, the song creepy old guy it's basically implying like this is supposed to be when you know as according to the, the movie story is when beetlejuice tries to get married to lydia and uh and <laughs> and it ends You know, the song ends and then it goes right into basically the final song of the the show, which is the closing number. And so people who hadn't seen the show or actually were reacting to the album without having seen the show. And they're like, what, 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 what happened? (laughs) He did not just get married to Lydia because then if you're not seeing what happens then you don't know there's this whole
3: gap (laughs) they're like
2: is that how it
3: ends (laughs) yeah and i i i just can't i can't bring myself to do it so (laughs) yeah that's why i'm hoping that since hamilton did really well in disney plus i'm like okay can we bring out more of these Mm -hmm. Please, i agree
2: we need more pro shots i (laughs) yeah especially of shows that um like like I heard, Mean Girls just closed on Broadway as well. So, uh, and I was I was fortunate to to see that too. I managed to fit in that show uh, two days after Beetlejuice, and uh, it, that's another one that I feel like deserves a pro shot as well. And because it's just you have these shows out for a limited engagement; they're not all guaranteed to be around for for very long. Yeah. And so, why not preserve them? Otherwise, you're losing all of these shows that people will never have the chance to experience uh especially in their original incarnation like uh yeah. like with Beetlejuice I was I was I couldn't believe my luck I was able to see the show with pretty much the original cast except that was right after Rob McClure left uh to go star in Mrs. Doubtfire um and so they had another one of their Adams in there and uh and he was also fantastic I mean all their Adams are fantastic um but it was, uh, I mean, otherwise I had Alex Brightman as Beetlejuice. I had uh, Sophia Ann Caruso as Lydia. I had, you know, Leslie Kritzer as Delia. It was the whole group. Um, and and I kept thinking, I was just like, man, unless you're here, you, you're not going to see this cast, and this is the cast that made it. So it's yeah. like, more pro shots, please.
3: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I know some people... No, know the argument here is, oh, well, if people watch that, then they're not going to come see the live shows. Well, right now, nobody can see live shows. <laughs> yeah. So if you can, like, come up with a deal to, like, you know, give the actors and everything a cut, kind of like, you know, residuals and stuff, then mm-hmm. this could be helping a lot of people right now and saving theaters in the process. And on top of that, you know, when you go see a show live, it's so different than seeing it on a movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even if it's a pro shot you know cuz there's going to be different you're going to see a different cast you're going to see different stuff there's so many differences that i think it really makes that worth it in my opinion
2: oh yeah and again like what we were talking about um, being is the show is being different every time you go to see it that yeah. there are, and even in shows like as as finely tuned as Hamilton, anything can happen. So Mm -hmm. it's like, so, and it's something else to be there to experience it. So of course, there's always going to be that desire to go see it live and experience it. Because that's what it is. It's an experience and it's an escape. Um, Yeah. And if anything, Pro Shots are there to just make you aware of the show and help you grow mm-hmm. an appreciation of it. And that's why so many people went to bootlegs and slime tutorials on YouTube <laughs>
0: <Those> <laughs> to go my, watch shows that they favorite. would never be
2: able to watch, you know, <laughs> because there are people who are like, who knows if I'll ever be able to watch Beetlejuice. So they're watching uh, slime tutorials or maybe uh, Wicked will never come as a production to their com- uh, to their country. So they'll watch slime tutorials of Wicked. And so, it, but, but they love it and they are still generating revenue because they'll still probably go buy the album. They'll go buy merchandise yeah. and stuff. They just won't be able to go to see the show. And so <laughs> no matter what, there's a market. And then, you know. Absolutely.
3: They- and then even then, like, when these film versions come out and the people who don't have all the access funds to spend $150 to go see a Broadway show, they can go see a, a movie cut for like 20 mm-hmm. or like 15, 20 or something. Or even if they made like a Netflix type subscription service, but just for pro shots, I think there'd be a market for that. In a way it kind
2: of does exist. Uh, it's a broadway.com they i I think it's broadway.com uh let me pull it up i yeah i think it's broadway.com broadway hd
0: and okay well and so they
2: do have they do have a bunch of pro shots of shows on their service uh and they i remember they kind of popped up uh yeah i believe they popped up uh not long after covid hit And it's because they were trying to encourage because of the theater shutdown that they were trying to start up this whole thing to get people to watch shows and and keep people watching theater shows. And um, uh, what I could see them doing is uh, hopefully turning into, you know, an exclusive kind of, uh, you know, an exclusive kind of service to be able to have certain maybe even certain pro shots uh, because people will go do it. They'll go pay for
3: that. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, well, maybe this thing we've been talking about forever, it, it's already a thing, so I don't know what I'm sitting here complaining for.
1: <laughs> no, you guys are just, like, generally vibing, and I'm just kind of chilling. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are vibing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We took over the animation podcast with musical theater. <laughs> I mean, it's so kind it, it's, of It's usually what together, it happens. So it's, it's, don't it's, worry about it's... it. It's... <laughs> I guess... Uh, uh, what
2: we could do to neatly wrap it up I guess is uh, what advice do you have for anybody who wants to be able to be a voice actor maybe even use their vocal talents for for uh, online projects or even their own YouTube channels uh, what advice do you have
3: for any voice actor out there who wants to try to get into this business really is just don't be afraid to try I hear so many people that just keep telling me that you know they want to go try this but They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. They're afraid of all these other things. And like I mentioned in my story, I had no intention of trying because I was too scared to think that I wasn't good enough. And here's the deal. You'll never know unless you try. You may try and it may not work, but you could try and it might work swimmingly or it might work a little bit, but you still have some work to go. No matter what the outcome is, there's no shame in that. But the only shame there is, is not trying at all. Mm -hmm. So. That's what i say is give yourself a shot. Give yourself a, a break to do it.
2: Don't throw away your shot.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> Couldn't resist. That was good. I didn't even catch that. That was good.
2: <laughs> but yeah, totally solid advice uh, as Especially because, yeah, people, there are so many people that they'll downplay their talents or they don't even realize they have these talents and, and, and they don't know how to, uh, maybe they don't know how to foster their own talents. And so it takes a little right. bit, maybe it takes a little encouragement from friends or family sure. or, uh, you know, but otherwise it's like, it's sometimes looking inside yourself and seeing if you can do it. You know, it's, if that's something you really love to do, then it's like, why not give it a shot?
3: Yeah. And then even like I mentioned before, with me and animation, I always thought I wanted to go that down that route. And if I'd never tried it, I'd always be sitting there questioning, should I have done it? But I tried it. I gave myself that shot. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me, but I never would have known unless I tried. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether you try it and it works or you try it and it, I don't like using the word fail because even whenever you fail, you still succeed. Mm-hmm. You just succeed in knowing what you fail at. Yeah. And that's, that's great it teaches you you know teaches you to pick yourself up and keep going walt disney always said that it's great for people to have failures especially when you're young because it teaches you you know how to succeed later on mm-hmm. so don't let failure be seen as a bad thing let it be seen as just a stepping to- a stepping stone towards something greater
1: mm-hmm. exactly It's a nice note um, okay, Brian. Uh, where can people find you on the social media if they would like to stalk you in a socially appropriate way?
3: You can come check me out on YouTube.com/slash Brian Hall Voices. Uh, I have tons of videos there, and if you don't want to see me there, uh, still go <laughs> to that. Still go to that, and in the description, you can find links to all my other social medias: my TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff.
1: Nice, nice. Okay, well, thank you, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. This was this was yeah. fun. I'm glad you and Lauren vibed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she knows more about like you know theme park culture than I do because um, I was not very close to a the theme park, and um, then then I moved and like, oh wow, I can like get Minnie Mouse ears and like use them more than once. Yay! So <laughs> she she yeah. kind of grew up in L.A., so she knows the the landscape, I guess.
3: Well, I'm I'm in your boat growing up in Texas. We had Six Flags, and that was it. Yeah, so it's kind of shady like...
1: sometimes, too. So,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I, luckily I was at the first one that was ever built, so it was the le- least shady out of all of them. So <laughs> ours was nice. But at the same time, I feel like I'm making up for lost time, so I'd go to Disneyland like 40 to 50 times a year. <laughs> so... I feel like I grew up there even though I didn't. Because people are like, oh, remember this ride? I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> I don't. I'll take your, I'll, uh, I believe you. Yeah, but I guess really using that, that annual pass there.
3: Use it while I could and let's see what the new thing is they come up with now. Because that's gone.
1: Uh, womp womp. All right. um, yeah. I think... I think we're good, so if you like what you heard on the podcast, if you're new for some reason, um, like, this is, like, we're almost at 50 at this point, so we're on the social media at the KP Podcast, and then my main channel is I Love lot. again, if you don't know that, shrug, I don't know how to help you, there you go, um, <laughs> and we release episodes every Wednesdays for the most part, um, so they're on SoundCloud first at 6 a.m., and the YouTube versions go up at four PM, so um, in case you have a preference. Okay, that that's my only plug. Uh, do you have any other? P- oh, um, <laughs> one more plug is um before I forget is uh, we have apps for Treasure Planet reanimated now open. So if you can animate, then check that out. Um, and they'll be open for like another week or so, something like that.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I guess also one more little plug uh it, it's kind of sort of outside but it is relevant to us because uh one of our former guests chi chi she made a loop on the third rap which i got to do the thumbnail art for and it's up on youtube now as well so go check out her channel go back a few episodes find chi chi i guess <laughs> and go and uh, but yeah go go support her go support her music because that just went up over the weekend so there's that
1: <laughs> yeah it's doing pretty pretty okay all right yeah Bye. I think we can stop recording.
2: And and good night, everybody.
1: Yep, see you next time or in the past or whatever. In the
2: future, past, present, future.
3: (laughs) Good night, everybody.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those 5 stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler and you have been listening to Animation Communication.